It's time for the Super Coach Professionals Roundtable Podcast. And here's your hosts, Paulie G, Ryan MS, Peter Hanscom, and Andrew Muldog Molinaroli. Yes, it is the Super Coach Professionals Roundtable Podcast with you for another week. Got Ryan MS uh, with us as always. How are you, mate? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, doing very well, thank you. And Peter Hanscom with us. How are you, Pete? Oh, I'm very good, thanks, guys. You'd be enjoying your team's first victory of the year, no doubt. Yeah, it was um, it was terrible conditions out there at the SCG on Sunday, but um, no, it was great to, to finally get the win. And uh, thank you to uh, Greg Inglis for um, trying to emulate Terry Lamb's <laughs> performance and kicking a field goal with seconds yeah. to go and you're behind by two, but there yeah, you go. At least Terry Lamb got his. That's <laughs> oh, right. Uh, and, I, and I am Paulie G, of course, Andrew Moldog, Molinaroli, away this week. Hope he's enjoying some nice warm weather up there in Cairns. He'll be back with us after Easter. And we welcome back Pat Lyons from Coogee Bay Health and Injury Care. How are you, mate? Very good, Paul. How are you, mate? Well, well, very well, despite the Tigers' uh, bad loss on, on the weekend. I'm still staying upbeat for the Easter Monday clash with the Eels. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't too impressive up there. No. no, they let it slip, but uh, late game, you know, we can. there's a few excuses we can roll out. Exactly. <laughs> well, I guess in many regards it was a, a better week for, for injuries, but uh, the big one was Sam Burgess. And look, first of mm. all, regardless of Supercoach, isn't it just good that we're seeing no permanent damage? You know, he's, he's going to be all right from, from a, you know, just a life perspective, I guess, walking around yeah. and all the rest of that. Um. And secondary to that, obviously, the super coach side of it. We're hearing he's, he's been um, admitted from hospital, but not named for this week and, and probably out for a little bit longer, you'd, you'd think. Yeah, that would be my guess, just looking at kind of the mechanism of the injury, sort of compressive load straight down, and the way he reacted looked like he had a, a nerve root that was compressed. Um, so if there's any, if there's sort of a bruising on that nerve root, then he'll probably feel like he's got like a, a dead arm. It's kind of like weak and maybe a bit tingly for possibly a couple of weeks. It's kind of a bit speculative, but it kind of looked like that sort of injury. Um, so I'd be surprised if he played in, within two weeks. I, I guess uh, with neck injuries, you know, there's that extra fear of doing that more damage, doing permanent damage. We saw Gordon Tallis retire with, with neck injury issues and, you know, that, would they take that extra precaution, have extra weeks off purely um, just being conservative? I think there, there could be an element of that. The doctors generally are conservative when it, when it comes to the neck. Um, so, but there's the fact there was no significant damage means that he's probably not a great risk for um, an, an additional sort of life-threatening injury, but it would be easy to annoy the current the current injury uh, the current injury and kind of set it off again for another month or two. So that's what they probably want to avoid is that situation where they just irritate it again. And he plays through pain. I mean, we've seen it do it throughout his career. We, you know, the famous grand final victory two years ago uh, with the broken cheekbone. Um, I guess there's that side of it too. But this one a bit more dangerous. It's going to be tough if if you're holding on to him because. This, this could this could be week to week. Yeah, and it, it may not just be pain either. He could actually have like a kind of a deadness in his arm and not really be able to use his arm very effectively for a couple of weeks if the nerve root was kind of squashed enough to upset the motor nerves too. So that that element that that aspect is is potentially something to consider as well. Um, but as we wait and see, I think you're right. No, I'll, you know, I think for a couple of weeks, I'd be really surprised to see him play. Yeah, great advice as always. Got a few players coming back this week and, and in the next few weeks we'll be monitoring them, but that was the big one this week. Uh, Pat, yeah, happy Easter. We'll talk to you after yeah. Easter. You too, mate. All the best. Enjoy the footy. Yeah, it's going to be a good one, particularly that Easter Monday triple header. Of course, if you've got any issues, uh, it doesn't have to be sporting, could be back, could, could be head or neck. Go and see Pat at Coogee Bay Health and Injury Care. You can find him on the website, www.coogeebay.physio. 
or phone the Sydney number 02966596667. And if you mention Supercoach Pros, 20% off your first visit. Pretty good deal. Uh, it's definitely worth um, getting your physio work done with. Pat, we'll see you next week. Okay. Thanks, mate. Take it easy. Bye. Yeah, guys, and, and really, realistically, we're just glad that he's going to be okay. I mean, especially after the whole Alex McKinnon um you know, injury a couple of years ago, Pete. I mean, it, it's a it's a breath of fresh air. He's 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 going he's, you know, he's walking away from this. Yeah, well, as you mentioned, I was actually there there on Sunday, and you know, every supporter um, uh, applauded him off the field. And you know, it's it's a, it always is a great great worry to see a player uh, lying like that on the ground. Um, but yeah, it was it's. Apparently, it was the way he's gone into the tackle. There was absolutely no malice intended. There was no no uh, foul play or anything. But yeah, it's, it, it is great to hear that he's uh, he's he's on the mend. That's for sure. And Ryan, you know, when we talked about Corey Oates, um, I think it was last week. It's a similar scenario, isn't it? I mean, if you've got the room, the wiggle room to keep Sam Burgess on the bench, sure. But if you don't, at his high price, you may have to let him go. Yeah, you might have to, and just um. If you want him back when he's back, yeah, you might have to try and yeah, do some wangling that way. But um, yeah, it's just especially with stuff like stuff like this, it's yeah, it's difficult to pinpoint a return. All right, guys, we need to talk about what sent Twitter and the internet into a bit of a, a meltdown. Now, I guess with Supercoach, you know, is is providing this much comment, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but. You know, in regards to Jonathan Thurston, we had some tweets on, on the matter ourselves. Um, you know, why that's, that his points went down so dramatically and why it took so long. Uh, we reached out to Dave Von Coates from um, Daily Telegraph's Supercoach site, and he was um, kind enough to assist us. And they've actually got an article up now on the, on the website. And um, I'm going to read that out in full just to sort of try to give that explanation to everyone. Um Basically, they're talking about um, Jonathan Thurston finishing with 133 points. Um, he was initially credited with four try assists and four line break assists. That's the, over the live scoring. Then a second count was done. His score suffered a minor adjustment down to 129. And in the third and last recount, Thurston's score was discounted by 49 points to 84, obviously a massive amount. Now, the review process is done by Fox Sports Lab, and it takes place in three uh, stages, the live, the detailed, and the audit. So those live stats are done during the broadcast, and, and obviously while we're watching, it's great to have that, and, and we can really get a gauge of what, what's happening, and it provides an approximate for each player during the game. Obviously, the way the NRL is not like other sports like NFL or baseball or even um, you know soccer or football where the... the you know, the stats are a little bit easier to, to maintain. It isn't possible to capture every stat live or a full contribution that any one player makes in the game. During the detail part of the process, those stats are, uh, stats are captured after the live match by watching a recording of the game, so that can, can assist, and that's why we see those slight adjustments there. But it's saying here, because of the large number of matches, each game can take five hours or more to gather those detailed stats. And then their details are ordered by the experienced staff. So this can lead to corrections that more looks at what qualifies that each stat is, is being adhered to. So that was where the audit stage, the review process, was where basically some of Thurston's points got taken off because it was shown that um, some of his teammates were just as potent in attack as Thurston. Fullback Lachlan Coote was determined to be the major contributor for two of the tries, so he had the stats reassigned to him in the audit phase, and two try assists and two line break assists originally assigned to Thurston were added to Coote, which bumped up Coote to 96, and obviously Thurston down. Um, they've gone into more specifics here. The first try assist came in the fourth minute when Coote put Kane Linnett over to score in the quarter, and then Coote set up Antonio Winterstein for a try in the eighth minute, Thurston's two tries this came in the 67th and 74th minute when he sent Michael Morgan and Jason Tamalolo over to score respectively. Every game of each round is reviewed three times before scores are finalised on Tuesday. Obviously, this uh, um, Supercoach uh, guys have said almost all the statistics captured for Rugby League are very subjective. This can some kind, sometimes equate to large differences in numbers between different statistics suppliers, especially evident when stats like trial line break assists when seemingly 
simple stats such as runs and tackles can also be interpreted quite differently by including an audit of detailed stats we and when I say we I'm talking about the people at Supercoach because it's their article we are comfortable with any stats we have captured post game and that our interpretation of stats has stayed consistent over many years Pete you recap the game for our website and when we recap we try well we don't look at the Supercoach scores we try to watch the game to get a gauge because we feel that gives a better um, perspective longer term because obviously reading the recaps on our website www.supercoachpros.com you know we're trying to project what could happen because because these Supercoach stats can be subjective so we're looking longer term with that and you you actually thought that the readjusted the audited one was in line with what you had seen definitely I think that's um particularly Lachlan Cooch, uh, Michael Morgan had um, as good a games as, as Thurston, if not better. And that it comes to the scores. Michael Morgan and, and Thurston with his readjusted score, almost line ball, uh, the 87 and 84, respectively, uh, with Lachlan Cooch higher on, on 97. And I, I personally think that's that's the way I read it. Uh, Jason Tamalolo also had an excellent game. I remember uh, noting his performance as well as scoring a try. He did some brilliant runs up, up the centre and just absolutely carved up the Roosters forward pack and he was only on the field for, for just over, around 40 minutes and, and he ended up, ended up with a super coach score of 80, which I, I certainly agreed with. So, no, I certainly, uh, obviously, uh, Jonathan Thurston's one of the best players in the comp, but in no way was his game any better than, than the two or three players I just mentioned. And, Ryan, I think a lot of people aren't so upset with the change. It's more that it the time it took to do so and not maybe fully understanding that. And obviously we've got the vice-captain loophole that people enacted. Yeah, well, I mean, look, um, I guess live by the sword, die by the sword um, if, you're, if you're going that way. And look, to be honest, when you look at the game, and, uh, yeah, it's like, you know, you just got to go with the fact that you're going to be upset because, you know, you thought you had those points at the bank. But they're going to audit it and you want you want an accurate um, reading of how a player went and there's no way in hell that um, JT scored 133 points in that game. Yeah. And, look, unfortunately, I love, you know, NFL fantasy, you know, and... Unfortunately, you're not going to be able to follow the stats in rugby league as closely as you are in the NFL, where you can sit there and watch it, and it almost is completely accurate. They, they too, have, on Wednesdays, they do their stat corrections, and only once in my history of playing it for many years now have I ever had a, a result affected by a stat correction in NFL. Unfortunately, in, in NRL, every week, you know, we, we have these changes. And with the loophole, look, on our show, we've talked about the loophole during Origin for the last two years. Because we talk a lot about overall, any time you're taking a zero and overall, it's not recommended. So we don't really encourage it at this time of year. We're really looking at getting those big scores earlier in the year and seeing how you can push for overall before you sort of settle on head-to-head. So I know that people, it's getting more and more popular to use earlier and earlier. But maybe this is a way to say, to step back from that loophole every week and say, no, you know what, let's trust what we see in front of us um, we had Anthony Milford as our best player, you know, right up there as, as one of our best players this round, higher than Thurston. And so the loophole, still, there's still players there that even after Thurston's highest score, it was sort of an opportunity to find someone else that could do even better, and Milford did. Um, so maybe in this early period, rather than, especially with now Thursday night games, you know, being pretty much every week, it might be better to say um, not use... The loophole, unless you're in an injury scenario where you don't have a, a big bench and you might only have one or two players on, on your bench, where then you know you're not really taking that zero because one of those bench players could end up outperforming your starters anyway. Um, yeah, I hope that we've been able to cover it. Uh, <laughs> I know that it's got some of you upset, and you, you have a right to feel upset, there's no harm in that, obviously, but I think. Even though the time was a bit delayed to our liking, I think the Supercoach guys got it right on this one. Um, let's go through the whole um, round now. And we'll start with the best performers. We mentioned Milford, 136. Red Radra got there as well. 
Massive game by Rad Radra. Um, great to see him back. Um, Bryce Cartwright, 113. Um, good performance there in the Panthers' unlikely victory over Brisbane. Tom Travorovich and, and um, Kevin Naguama both hit 99. Lachlan Coote, who we mentioned there, 96. Jared Mullen, his 200th game, 91. Big day for him. And Tia Maria Martin. Tell you what, what about that? 90 points by the debutante, kicking the winning field goal. I see a Soliala, 89. Roger Tuivasa-Shek also coming in strong there, 88. And Thurston just below that with 84. The overachievers, well, the best was uh, Rad Raja, who he mentioned, and then Martin over their predicted scores. But Ash Taylor was right up there. Great score for him, way above his predicted. Tom Trebovich, we mentioned with Cartwright. Matt Parcell, good to see him getting the starting role there at hooker. He's going to be one to watch now going forward or even to bring straight in. Lachlan Coote, who we mentioned there. Um, Josh, Josh Hoffman, that was a bit of an up day for him. And also after Milford, we see guys like Michael Morgan, Elliot Whitehead, Scott Bolton and Sam Mataora. He had a very big game, uh, Ryan, Sam Mataora for the Knights. Yeah, he certainly did. Um, he was only on the field for, I think, about 40 minutes uh, against the Raiders. Um, and he certainly, uh, yeah, made the most of every one of those. Five minutes. Um, yeah, he put together 72 points. Uh, huge update for him. And, it's yeah, if you... Need a need a uh, decent priced uh, front rower if uh, one of your one of your guys isn't performing, then um, he's certainly worth a look. Especially good in those daily leagues uh, if you happen to pick him up there. Let's look at the um, underperformers now. Um, obviously, Jack Bird's injury affecting him there. Lewis Brown only getting on the field for the last six minutes. Not that he's a big name player. Um, Cody Walker, look, that was a big one. Been so good the first two weeks. Um, I just thought, Pete, South Stack direction, he tried to take it on, I thought, more than Kiri, which I was a little bit surprised by. But I guess he's older, even though he's less experienced in first grade. But they did look like, you know, put the English um, missed, you know, their field goal attempt aside, they did look directionless in general. They did. I thought um, they didn't really know how to handle the conditions. And, yeah, the... But just their outside backs, I thought, um, didn't get a lot of, didn't get to see a lot of the ball. Conditions didn't help, but yeah, as you say, Young Walker tried really hard. But yeah, for mine, Kiri hasn't really gone on from his premiership year back in 2014. And uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah organisation wasn't there. I didn't think Inglis's input was was brilliant either. Well, Inglis was another one on that list. Um... Damien Cook, who um, did suffer an injury that affected his upside. Look, Aaron Gray, look, the conditions didn't help the Rabbitohs too, but he was one, and the Dragons had been giving up points to the left wing that we thought might have might have had a big game not to be. For the Raiders, Jared Croker, another team in the Knights that gave it, giving up big points to the outside backs, and some of the backs did get involved. Rapana especially uh, um, had a big day, but not so for Jared Croker. James Tedesco still put up 65 but that still had him in the bottom rung of underperformers because we expected an even bigger score against the Titans. Um, Zeb Taya in there, maybe that was a bit of an overrated because of Martin, Martin DePau's big game against um, the Tigers the week before. He didn't put up very big numbers there, just 29. And the same to be said with Greg Inglis, um, who you mentioned, Pete, and then Blake Green for the Storm. You know, the Warriors perhaps playing a bit above their station, Ryan, although still not getting away with uh, the two points. Yeah, look, they were better, but um, yeah, Melbourne are just in a, in, pre, in a pretty good um, run of form at the moment. Uh, yeah, it's difficult for the Warriors, and it's difficult to see um, each week they're going to have a guy who um, you know who's the guy that's going to that's going to score well for them. It's hard to predict at the moment. Yeah, and and you know we saw Toho Harris move out to the centres, and that drastically reduced his. He's base and, and only 31 points too. Yeah, that, that really hurt a lot of people. Mm-hmm. This is the Supercoach Professionals Roundtable podcast. We do this every Tuesday night. You can find us on the website www.supercoachpros.com or you can download them on iTunes. Make sure you follow us on Twitter 
at Supercoach Pros. Give us a like on Facebook. Now, Twitter's very important because before each and every game, we tweet out the final team. Make sure you don't get that uh, zero that you weren't expecting when there's late team changes. I think Trent Merrin was a laid out this week. That could have affected a few people there. Benji Marshall as well. So, you know, very important that. And then when guys come in, like Team Maria Martin, you know, that can be just as critical information. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Supercoach Pros. Okay, let's look at the biggest price rises and falls heading into this week. Kevin Naguamo, the biggest change, 82,000. He's gone up, Moses Embai and uh, Pat Matauti are also going up in the 70s. Paul Carter right up there. And then a bit of a drop to Cody Walker, Cody Walker and Heimel Hunt, but obviously South's first two games really being the big provider there. Ash Taylor, I thought he was very, very good for Gold Coast Saturday night. He's also gone up over 50,000 as has Bryson Goodwin, Aaron Gray right up there, and Sam Matta Orta, who we mentioned earlier. Um, on the flip side, we've seen some pretty dramatic falls as well. Um, really looking at Roger Tuovasashek as the big one there, 45,000. Um, luckily, he had a big game. It could have been a lot worse. James Maloney, 41,000. He's really looking out of sorts there for Cronulla, I think. Michael Ennis, 38,000. Uh, Sai Fecky's up there as well. And, and Pete, one of your guys there, Gareth Whittup, 36,000. Um, I thought he was actually really good on Sunday, but you know, in that wet conditions, it just doesn't translate, does it, to supercoach points? No, not really. As we said, you know, very doubt conditions, so it's hard for anyone to, you know, put in some, you know, some decent kicks or some some decent uh, length runs or anything. And and sometimes, as we know, five eighth is a bit of a hard, it can be a hard position to score from as well. And you know, the game, and of course, the week before against the Sharks was diabolical. So it's no real surprise when you think about those factors. Jake Granville um, not getting the minutes. He's gone down a long way as well. David Shillinan for the Gold Coast hasn't really lived up to expectations there. And Cooper Cronk, who is always a bit of a tough one supercoach-wise, also on that list. Now, what we're able to do here at the Supercoach Professionals, not only do we have our predictor model that we love and, and know from last year, but we've been able to convert that now to give you an indication of price rises and falls looking forward. So, obviously, great to know guys like Naguama going up in price. Two big games. He's he, and, and a decent matchup. Now he was winded on the weekend. He's going to be right to play. So we're looking at another sixty plus from him potentially this week against the Eels. That would see him go up um, a further fifty seven thousand. So even if you've missed the boat there with Nguyen, there's still an opportunity. Craig Garvey's got a big price rise in line with two pretty good games. Now Garvey, I don't. I'm not as convinced, Ryan, because the dogs actually look like they're losing direction with Garvey at hooker compared to Michael Leacher, and I just wonder how much longer he's going to hold that spot. Yeah, well, look, I think he's he's there for as long as they need him to be, and if he obviously fits in with uh, the game plan. Um, Supercoach-wise, yeah, look, he started off not very, not very well. He's slowly got better, but yeah, they do tend to lack a little bit of direction around the ruck. Um, but with uh, Leacher out uh, with knee injury, and it's indefinite, listed as indefinite. Um, I tell you what, he might be around for a little while longer, depending on who else uh, the dogs have. It's a quick cash grab, isn't it? Because you know that if you can get to sixty, and he's averaging about that. And, well, he doesn't even need to. He needs to get to about thirty-five for that 45000 increase. So that's pretty gettable at the moment. A similar score around that thirty-five, thirty-six. the following week gets him up another 20000 So he's just got to play two more weeks, and he's going to make you 65000 And this is a guy that we know that, that you know, the upside's limited. But if you're looking for that quick cash, that's an opportunity. Moses Embi on the flip side, great upside. Um, he had that big round two. He's in line for another price rise this week. If he can get a good score, we're looking around that 66, we're expecting a 42,000 increase, but then his break-even is close to 80. Now, he could hit that in round five. It's a very favourable matchup, but um, even if he does, you know, very small price rise again. So that's showing you that the, the flip side of, of, of looking at those sort of players. Um, Pete, Pat Matauti has been pretty good for Newcastle. He's in line to go up 40,000 with a score of 34 this week. That's pretty handy. Yeah, and particularly he's up against um, the Warriors on Monday, and you would expect um, 
you know, weather conditions and so on aside, but you would expect him to get that. The um, the Knights uh, looked fairly expansive last week against the Raiders coming from behind. So, um, yeah, it's it's amazing, isn't it? Um, he's, a, he's a talented young player. So, yeah, I think you'd uh, expect him to get the opportunities to, to get the ball. And, and the more this young Newcastle team plays together with their halves, I think, um, yeah, some of those outside backs might be, apart from Italia, might be worth a, uh, worth a look. Yeah, that's right. Ash Taylor, um, Matt Parcell, there are other guys on the list there. Um, even Heimel Hunt, I think he's been pretty good for the Rabbitohs. So that's an interesting one as well there. Um, and Latrell Mitchell, Ryan, I mean, we've seen him show some sparks. A score of 33 this week, could we'll see him rise up to almost 35,000. Yeah, well, look, um, to be honest, I thought Luttrell had a pretty ordinary game against the um, Cowboys, but he wasn't the only one. Um, better than most. But <laughs> yeah, but he still scored, um, you know, decently enough for a team getting that got walloped by 40 points. Okay. So, yeah, I definitely think he's, uh, yeah, he'll, he'll make you some cash. Just hang on to him. Um, and, you know, look, the Roosters aren't going crash hot, but I think he's still viable. Brenton Lawrence in there as well. He's playing good footy for Manly off the bench. Probably deserves a starting spot there, but I think tactically Barrett likes him off the bench. He's due to go up 33,000 with a 41 score on the weekend. On the flip side, guys, that you may need to discard if you all if you own them and you're worried. Um, Will Smith, maybe you took a speculator on him. You know, um, he hasn't been going well. He could lose anything up to fifty, sixty thousand. 60,000. Uh, Trent Merrin's an interesting one, Pete. I mean, even a good score this week, like we're looking maybe like a 41 or 42, and that's if he plays, he has been named, it, that would see him lose 45,000. That That's remarkable. It is, isn't it? From Basically from where he was last year, like he was, he was rock solid all of last year. Um, yeah. But, yeah, he was out injured last week, and he's up against the rejuvenated Dragons this week, as we know, who have been um, super coach misers in the past. So he may not quite get that score. But, um, he might be fought up against his old team, but if he's not fully fit, it, it is a, a hell of a risk, I think, uh, this week. Yeah, and these are guys that, at this stage of the year, you've got to start, you've got to turn money around. Like, you cannot afford to hold on to guys that are going to lose you that much cash. So, very critical to know this. Jack Bird, you know, he had the injury on on the weekend, or on Monday night, limiting um, his potential. They're only 20, had a poor game against the Dragons, or not needed against the Dragons, really just 24. So, he could lose over 30,000 there. And um, Marika Korobiti, I tell you what, if you brought him after his brought him in after his big 106 well he's due to lose 32,000 and Greg Inglis if you brought him in after his good start 71 he's due to lose 32 so these are guys if you own them you've probably got to quickly quickly get rid of them now even if you did want to bring them in later it's purely just a money making exercise and at this time of the year you are trying to build your capital of course very very important as we've talked about on past shows Um, very very important indeed Let's have a look at the round four teams now and we'll start with the Rabbitohs and the Bulldogs and um, no Sam Burgess for Souths, obviously, as we mentioned earlier in the show with that neck injury. Look, Paul Carter's fighting a um, potential two-match suspension, so he has been named, but there's an extended bench with Jack Gosowski and Michael Oldfield there, so that could uh, could affect affect things there. Chris Griezmann was also back on the bench with Nathan Brown taking Sam Burgess's position while... For the Dogs, Greg Eastwood's back, so Lloyd Perrett goes to 18th man. Um, wh- what do you like about that game, Ryan? Um, look, the, for the, on the south side of things, I'm going to go on the downside, and that's Paul Carter. If he's out, that's going to hurt a lot of people because um, he's uh, been flicked in and he's also a pure position player and he's also um, playing quite well at the moment. Uh, dog side of things, the two things I like, uh, the number eight and the number 10 for the Dogs. Tolman and Graham. I think um, this game will be be a, a forward battle, um, as it tends to be between these two guys. And, um, yeah, I think these guys will uh, put up some good points this week. Yeah, sneaky one's Jason Clark for the Rabbitohs. Um, that would be an interesting one if he gets the minutes. But Brown starting, that's a bit disappointing. Um, I would have thought Clark would have got that 
over him, but he still could get good minutes. I think you mentioned Graham. I think him and Tolman, as you said, good. And Moses Embai should hit back in this one. Broncos, Cowboys, Pete, this should be an absolute beauty. Lachlan Miranda's back. Um, with Jack Reed having the eye injury, so Jordan Kahu will move to the centres. And the Cowboys have gone the same team. <laughs> Heavyweight battle, but where do you go supercoach-wise? Could be tough. Well, super coach wise you well, obviously, you'd expect Milford to score well again. This bloke was uh, basically robbed of the Clive Churchill medal in the grand final, I thought. Um, interestingly, uh, Lachlan Moretta coming back, he was a top try scorer for the Broncos last year. Not a lot of people realise that, but he, he scored a hell of a lot of tries. And he's back this week after uh, breaking his wrist or his arm in, in the off-season. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes at a, at a reasonable price. Um on the downside, someone like James Roberts, I think, has done not very much at all for the Broncos, and I'd, I wouldn't expect anything more from him in this game either. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's that's about it for the Broncos. In terms of the Cowboys, um, whether players like Lock, uh, Lachlan Coote can follow up their form from last week will be, be very interesting. But, um, yeah, you'd expect him to be up there. This combination of Granville and... And Cost Jason, as you moved, as you mentioned briefly before, is an interesting one. It sort of hurt a few people, I think, that uh, Greenville didn't start the game last week. I think a lot of people would expect him to, or loss, you know, a few people, quite a few people expect him to, to play close to 80 minutes this year, but hasn't been the case yet. So I'll be interested to see how that goes uh, no, against the against the Broncos. Just the 25 supercoach points last week. Look, predicted to go back to 42 this week, but you're right, those those minutes aren't there and they're really affecting no. even his base, you know. Um, Jonathan Thurston, you know, we talked about him in detail no. earlier in the show. I think him and, and Ethan Lowe and Gavin Cooper are the big yeah, ones. Yeah, he's the most stand out too. And, I, of course, Tamalolo's good. I'll tell you what, I um, we've got It's a Trap coming up after we do the round four teams. <laughs> But uh, my, my prediction of Tamalala hasn't started so well. Two big games back-to-back. But um, anyway, we'll see. This is a tough one against the Broncos where guys, I think, like Corey Parker, Josh Maguire, Matt Gillett, I think, you know, that's where they'll, they really earn, earn their money in big games like this. Uh, let's look at the next game that's on the Saturday afternoon, the Raiders and the Titans. Raiders unchanged, and the, as are the Titans. Um, look, both teams playing pretty well at the moment. Um, Ryan and both teams could be high scoring, couldn't it? Because they like to the score points, they like to give up points. Supercoach wise, this could be a real one to target, particularly in daily leagues. Yeah, I definitely think that's the that's the way to go um, for the Titans. Ash Taylor, um, obviously in some pretty good form. He was very good on last Saturday, and I have no reason to think that it won't continue um, against the Raiders. Um, also. Ignatius Parsi, um, as well as Greg Bird, is going bananas at the moment. Yeah. The Titans, uh, for the Raiders, uh, the Elliot Whitehead at uh, 5'8 continues, and he could score some good points there. Um, but the guy I really like um, is Soliola, who is absolutely dominating that that second row um, in Supercoach. Uh, for the last two weeks, he's now, yeah, he's now nearly playing 80 minutes a game, and, um, yeah, he's amazing. It's just a matter of you've got to get him in the lineup, you know, and that's what Stewart's done and some other coaches like, you know, Flanagan take note. Like, that's what you do when you've got these star players, the good players. You get you find a way to put him in your 13. Whitehead's just playing like another edge runner at 5'8". And that's, they're, yeah, exactly they're comfortable right. with that because Baptiste comes on after 20, Hodgson then slips in there. You know, yep. it works. Yep. All right, Pete, let's have a look at the next game. Roosters and the Seagulls and more injuries for the Sydney Roosters, unfortunately, for them. Dale Copley's out. Brendan Elliott comes in for him. Ian Henderson also goes. Eloni Vunakesi, I hope I pronounced that right, is in there. Abraham Papali, also named on a five-man bench. Jamie Brewer's named as 18th man for Manly. They've named the same lineup. But, look, we said last week that Monday to Monday, they're always going to name the same lineup. essentially. That could change, and it did. But after a win, I think we're looking now at something more settled. It looks better, doesn't it? Tom Simons in the back row, yeah, Felitti Mateo off the bench. Yeah, gee, I was wondering when on earth he was going to bring in Tom Simons, <laughs> and I'm glad to see him there. He was a he was good, consistent in Super Coach last year, and so I think you'd expect him to to start scoring some some bigger numbers. And you'll see, I think as more games go on, he'll play um, longer and longer minutes as well. 
Um, <clears throat> we've raved about the, for, also for Manly, we've raved about the Trebojevich brothers before, but gee, mm. I don't know what they're on, but they're, Jake Trebojevich just goes all day. He's, I shouldn't say that with all these rumours around league and actual players, <laughs> but uh, Jake Trebojevich just goes all day. He's, he led the Manly forward pack last year as a young fella, and he was outstanding again on Monday night. Um, the only one... The other one that got close to him, of course, was his brother out on the wing, scored a great try, and he's got talent to burn, that young man. Um, for, for the Roosters, as we said earlier in the show, listen, I, I sort of disagree with Ryan a little bit. I thought Latrell Mitchell was one of the better Roosters the other night against the Cowboys. Um, he's a strong young fella, and as you said, if you keep hold of him, I think you'll you'll get your, your money's worth out of him. Uh, Kenny Dowell is looking a little better now after a couple of games back. Uh, Jake Friend, you know, is just workaholic up the middle, as per usual. Um, Dylan Napa also, um, you know, I thought was was trying his guts out, and so might be worth um, worth following. But gee, there's there's not much else to like there for the Roosters at the moment. It's pretty much a stay away, isn't it? Sean Kenny Dow, I think he's been their outstanding guy. I guess if you're going to take a punt, it'd be with him, especially when centre and winger can be tough. To nail down, um, it could be worth a risk, but the others, I'm, I'm just not sure. Pete, might as well stay with you for Dragons v Panthers. Um, Trent Merrin desperately trying to get fit for the, the matchup against his old team, Dragons unchanged. Waka Blake returns, as does Merrin, at least named. May not end up happening. Um, Tyrone Peachy and Elijah Taylor uh, to the bench. No Jeremy Lattimore, he is suspended, but uh, I'd be surprised if Merrin does get out there. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? And once again, keep listening to Supercoach Pros on Twitter and so on to, to make sure you've got those updates for yeah, that. That's Supercoach Pros. That's it. That's it. Um, but yeah, with with Penrith, you know, you got uh, DWZ. He sort of hasn't been great so far this year, so I'll be interested to see how how he goes. Um, the young guys, we said former Tiger Timur Martin played well the other night, scored the winning try. Um, yeah, these younger other forwards, you know, I was really impressed with their game against Canterbury and again the other day it was Regan Campbell, Gillard and, and Bryce Cartwright. Um, for the Dragons, uh, it, hard to get a gauge on the backline players the other day. Um, Mitch Rain, I thought, had an improved game. Uh, Russell Packer is, is on his way, I think, and, you know, once again, as he plays more games, he'll get better. The jury's still out for mine a little bit on blokes like Mike Cooper. Um, he hasn't really done the business yet this year. DeBellin looked better um, on Sunday. So we'll just see. Hopefully it's a dry track and we might get a bit of a better gauge on the whole Dragon setup. Yeah, the halves are the big one, isn't it, against the Panthers. Anthony Milford went berserk. If Benji Marshall plays, similar type of player to Milford, I know he's a bit older, but... Jeez, he could do the same thing. And even Gareth Widdop could be a speculator, I think. And I'll tell you what, it was good on the weekend. Tyson Frizzell, big 80-point game. Goes all day, that guy. Very underrated, good super coach contributor for your team. Warriors v. the Knights. Uh, looks like Ryan Conrad Harrell's finally been named number 16, so still not a starting lineup. But I guess... Um, you know, there's no real cover at hooker, so we may see him go in the back row at some point with Bodine Thompson going to dummy half, um, or Jeff Robson if Tamalila Lahia finally gets closer to the to the ball. That could be another one. Um, Sam Lasani also there. No James Gabay or Nathaniel Roach. Roach is injured, I believe. And the Knights unchanged. Sione Mataudi is fighting a suspension charge, so we may see one change there. Ryan, two teams that. You know, well, they've got one point between them. Um, so, super coach wise, you know, do you just go back to the drawing board? I mean, those Warriors players look enticing still, don't they? The big names. Well, look, they do. The big names do. Um, Madalino has been solid all year, but nothing mm. compared to what he was or what he has been he's known not, to produce. Yeah, he's not starting. Yeah, um, that's been hurting. But, I mean, even so, he's still been getting around the 60 minute. Yes. Mark, um, so it just hasn't been as productive, but that comes with, I, th- I think, how well the team's going as well. Um, look, I, I think Lola here will end up um, coming in closer to the, um, because it's very rare that, um, you know, the new number nine, um, Jazz Tavega, which is a great name, by the way, is um, going to 
play the play the full eighty. He was pretty tough on Saturday on Sunday. He did, you know, he toughed it out. He looks like if you told him you need to play it, he'd do it. But yeah, I don't know if it'd be yeah, the best I'd be under, he'd be under a bit of stress there. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> for the Knights, for the Knights, um, look, we mentioned him before, Matt Aura, um, Robbie Rockow. Uh, the two guys off the bench, Mickey Payer and uh, Paulie Pauly, absolutely uh, were fantastic versus the Raiders. And I, I, th- I think they're two draw cards for Newcastle that might um that could, could net you something um, because they're both both a decent price. Sean Johnson, if he's going to come back, it's going to be against the Knights. I mean, this is a great matchup. Um, I, I'm almost thinking a lot of people would have dumped Tavasa Sheck. I'm almost thinking bring him straight back in. Because that price is very enticing now, and a good score, anything, you know, in the seventies or above, and he'll probably stay pretty even at that um, current price of four forty three. Maybe drop a tiny bit, but you know. Yeah, that's the thing. It seems like it's going to take him one game to get going, and you mm. just don't know when that's going to happen. And he played well. He, I mean, he was dangerous every time he touched it against the Storm. Uh, you know, fullback, it's a tough one. And you're a Tedesco owner, great. But if you're not, I still think Tavasa Shek is, is the second best option. And I think I think he's a good trade-in this week. I really do. And it's a good matchup you're going to get against the Knights. I know Inglis didn't come off against the Knights, but Tavasa Shek's a different type of player. The Warriors need this. I think they could put up a big number. Mm. Uh, the, the Tigers and the Eels... Um, Chris Lawrence is suspended. You know, the Tigers' depth really getting tested already. Dean Hallitow will go to the second row. Robbie Farris back at hooker, so that's something. little surprise, Manaya Cherrington still on the bench ahead of Michael Cheekham. I might That may change. Cheekham being a centre-slash-second rower might provide more versatility, particularly when Hallitow can play hooker if required. Uh, the Eels' Manu Mau returns from suspension, so Kenny Edwards, who was excellent on Friday night, goes back. To the bench, no, uh, David Gower, he goes to 18th man. Pete, it looks like it should be all Parramatta in this one, but you just never know when you've got the likes of Tedesco and, you know, Naguama in there and an informed Mitchell Moses. Absolutely, and don't you forget how determined one Robbie Farrell will be to prove a point. Um, so I'll be interested to see how they go. Yeah, this back line has been lighting up the field and lighting up Supercoach so far, as we said, about Kevin Naguama, James Tedesco. Uh, Tim Simona, David Nupaluma, one of the quickest back lines in the comp at the moment, and as I said, scoring well on, on Supercoach. Um, I said, I'd be interested to see what Robbie's score is for his first game back. Uh, Aaron Woods has been missing consistency again as well. Um, Siasso Sue also is, is, you know, sort of stepped in and taken and filled in for the spot for Martin to Powell. So, so, so it's uh, it's pretty good for the Tigers. They um, after the unfortunate. Defeat the other day against the Titans. Parramatta, I'll tell you what, how good was um, Corey Norman the other night? I had the pleasure of being at that game, and he and uh, Semi Red Raja, two great relief, a lot of supercoach people, put up a pretty decent score the other day. Uh, that's yeah. spectacular catch and pass for the first try and scoring one himself. Uh, so you look, you look at guys like uh, like Semi and, and Corey, Norman, uh, Corey Norman, sorry. Um, Apart from that, like Maroa and Mano Mao, um, a great, also very solid. Um, yeah, so it'd be it'd be a great game of footy that one, I think. They always uh, give each other a, a tough encounter, don't they? Particularly the Easter Monday fast becoming a bit of a tradition there. Mm. Sharks feed the Storm. Um, Cronulla, as we said earlier, the Monday night team renaming. Look, at some point, Valentine Holmes has got to go to fullback. I don't know when that's going to be. Um, Jack Bird's been named. He did get knocked out. So I guess there's a question mark over there with Jared Beal on the bench. Um, I guess they've got options, Cronulla. Um, the Storm, Tohle Harris in the centres, Kenny Bromwich in the back row. That's the team they ran out with uh, last week, Ryan. A big play for Harris owners. Yeah, that kills you if you got to. <laughs> he scored as plummets um, no, through no fault of his own just because of the position he's playing. Um, look, Cameron Munster, um, I think put up a barrel in the 60 mark, uh, last week and look, it's going to be a pretty tight game, I think. And so I think that there's going to be no one that's going to dominate, um, super coach wise. Um, but both teams be... play it really tough in the middle, don't they? It limits yeah. the upside. There's going to be some just, yeah, like a, 
a consistent flat line of the good players. Um, you know, they'll be in the around the 60 to um, 70 mark, I think. Yeah, the predictor agrees with you. I think it's got Fafita at 63, Smith at 64, Jesse Bromwich at 63, Chad Townsend, who's been really good um, so yeah. far this year. He's at 60. So there you go. Um, all, all, <laughs> all rising up to what you're saying there, Ryan. Um, we've got a great segment coming up now, a segment we absolutely love and adore on the show. It's a trap! Ryan, uh, who's the trap for you this week and moving forward? Well, this week, uh, it's Jack White, and I'm afraid to say, and I really like this guy wow. as a player, but... He hasn't put it together, has he? No, just not putting up the numbers, and he's just far too expensive um, for what he's giving you. Pete? I'm going to pick on a. I'm going to pick on a raider as well, in that um, I'm afraid for our Canberra listeners. But uh, yeah, I think Jared Croker sort of falls into this category as well. Um, he scored a 31 the other day against Newcastle. You know, you'd expect him to score better against Newcastle. Yeah, last three av- three round average of 49. But yeah, I don't really expect his score to get any better, particularly because in a couple of rounds' time, Canberra's draw will start to get a bit harder. They've had a bit of a cushy run so far, and. Yeah, I'd yeah I'd be getting rid of him now. I think the thing with Croker is you, you, you've got a question. Um, you, you know, if he's going to go down another low score, he could go down quite considerably. So you know, price wise, he's starting to question it. Look, my it's a trap is one who went very very well uh, on the weekend, but it's Bryce Cartwright, and you just don't know what you're going to get with him. One play, he's you know dropping a, pa- a pass that goes to ground when you're attacking and the next play is doing something amazing. It's great to watch and it's good, I think, for Penrith fans. Maybe sometimes a bit frustrating, but if you're a super coach owner, you just can't trust it. And at this time of year, you've got, your, you've got to have your bankers that are getting those points for you and those price rises. You can't afford to have those high-priced players scoring you low points and, and guys like Cartwright, they're, they're luxuries. They're, they're guys to bring in later in the year when you've got 18, 19, 20 guys to choose from, you know, 20 stud players, and you're looking at matchups earlier in the year, you've got to go a little bit safer with those guys that you're, you're forming your team around, and that's why I think he is a trap. Let's go to our Twitter questions now. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter at SuperCoachPros. And our first question uh, this week comes from Stephen Rostivsky. We kind of uh, talked about it a bit when we did the round four uh, teams discussion, but it is what to do with Harris after being named in the centres. Um, Pete, I'll start with you. What do you reckon? Yeah, I'm a big fan of Tohu Harris. Um, he's a good scorer last year, the super coach. But if they're going to keep playing him in the centres, um, his score is just going to plummet. Um, you know, it's hard to read Craig Bellamy's line at the best of times when he spits on the on the glass in the coach's box and so on. But I think um, <laughs> you know they had a win against the Warriors the other day, and I you would have to think that he's going to stay out there. Kenny Bromwich came on and played quite well um, in the second row. Um, if he learns a bit more off his brother, he might be the good super coach by later on. But yeah, I'd, I'm afraid you'd have to let Tohu Harris go. Bromwich goes in the second row. When he goes off, Harris gets back in there with Hampton coming on in the centres, but it's still not a lot of time for him to make it work. Ryan, is he a, a, you've got to get rid of him just purely because, as we just talked about with Cartwright, I mean, you can't afford to put these high-priced players scoring low. Yep. Sorry, you've got to cut him. He's got to go. He's taking up too much of your money. I can only agree, unfortunately, Stephen. And with the, in those injuries all going around, hey, that Dale the Ninja doesn't have a question this week. He just wants to know <laughs> who pissed off the super coach gods. <laughs> so, Stephen, you might be in the same boat where you've got no choice, but hopefully you've got enough wriggle room there. And Sambo Rambo asks, and I know we sort of um, talked about it earlier, but who are the key cheap players to bring in to keep the team value rising? Now, we did mention some cash cows. Um, earlier in the show, obviously looking ahead the following week, Tia Maria Martin and, and Corey Dennis, I think guys are, are good ones. Um, they're the new sort of the players that came up just this week gone. Um, you know, Ryan, is there any other ones there? Pat Matowdy is already bumped, but maybe you can still find a way to get him in. He looks like he's going to continue to rise. Yeah. Um, 
Look, I think the guy who is still a decent price, who I have talked about um, incessantly on the show since round one, is Ash Taylor. Yeah. Um, for the Titans, because I think he's getting better. And his yeah. lowest score was round one. Exactly right. And so it's going up, and so he's going to get more... His increase is going to be larger each time. Um, and, you know, you'll have to pick the right time to bail because I'm sure they'll plateau at some stage. But um, at, for the moment, I, I think he's a, he's a decent option just purely for the money. And another guy is due to get a good price rise playing game three this week's Nathan Brown. But last year, you know, we looked at him a little bit, Pete, and it turned out he's a trap. So maybe we he should have been on our last segment rather than this one. What do you make of that one? He's an interesting one, isn't he? Um, they didn't. He doesn't seem to um, contribute a lot with the with the uh, with the Rabbitohs, as far as I'm concerned. And he's up against the Bulldogs this week, and I don't think the Bulldogs pack are going to give him any more latitude than the Dragons did last week. And yeah, I yeah, I think I'd be saying goodbye to, to that Nathan Brown. Yeah, well, he's due to make thirty thousand, so you know. You could do worse, and that's with a he's starting. And I mean, admittedly, that's a score of fifty-two. You know, projecting he'll get good minutes, which may not happen, even though may it's not happen. That's mm. a tough one. Jacob Safiti might be another one that you might consider. He's sort of on the lower spectrum, and Danny Levy. He only has had the two games so far, and he's a little bit higher, so maybe you're not willing to take that chance yet. But um, he could be a bench guy for you there. But it, the, the pickings get a little bit slimmer now because most of those guys have popped. And Nathan Davis is one. It's you know he's got to get back on the park, but he might be one. You know if he can get back out there that you're still looking at. But yeah, it's a bit tougher tougher now, and it's really the consolidation time. If you don't need to make both your trades this time of year. Maybe this week you still need to because of those good options to get the cash flowing. But the, the cheapies, it starts to become a bit less. Guys, that's just about going to do us for the show. Ryan, thank you very much. No worries. Have a very good Easter. And, thank uh, you too. We'll see you. I think I'll be down in Canberra, so we'll see you down there. Beautiful. And Peter, thank you. We'll see you next Tuesday night, of course. Excellent. Yeah, look forward to it, guys. Have a great Easter. Yeah, same to you, same to you, mate. And happy Easter to all our listeners out there. Thanks so much for tuning in. Of course, you can download us on iTunes or at the website, www.supercoachpros.com. I am Paulie G. Make sure you like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, at Supercoach Pros. And we will see you next week. Bye now.